weekend, I had to go to Lake Havasu, where Grant is from, um, and it gets extremely hot there. It's it's still spring, and I was telling Ella before this, it gets to like it was like almost a hun- it was like nineties, a hundred. It was almost a hundred when I was there, uh, which is what thirty seven degrees Celsius. Is that what I said? In like cra- yeah, that's just so crazy <laughs> to me. Like- yeah, it gets so hot. Um, so how does Grant- anyone like what do Grant's family do when it's that hot? Do they just stay inside or just yeah. like lie out? Like well, lie in the sun. You can't. You can't. Work? No, I mean they are like insane humans, and like I think people just like adapt. Um, yeah, Grant's- we were there because Grant's dad was retiring. He was a firefighter. So he Ooh. was kind of out there. You know, you have to sometimes just be in the heat when you're a firefighter. Imagine fighting. I mean, I know this is what, like, <laughs> this is so stating the obvious. Imagine fighting fires in the heat. Yeah. Like, as in, I know that that's the thing that happens is a common occurrence, particularly with climate change. Yeah. Um, but I it, it, just it being 37 degrees outside, then you have to go fight a fire. Yes. Like. And like also like what? The, all the like the huge um, outfits they have to wear like are so thick and heavy. So yeah. just like I just be I it would I would get too sleepy. I couldn't do it. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah. So he was. Uh, we went for his retirement party, and um, cool. So before we were going, knowing it was going to be hot, I gave the dogs a haircut, which is always very very cute. And I think Crumb has lost a little bit of weight. Uh. Oh? Last time I gave him a haircut, I was like, he always looks thinner when we give him a haircut. And it like wasn't true. I cut it and I was like, oh no, <laughs> he still looks <laughs> chunky. But this time I was like, oh, he does look trim. He's 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 doing okay. The diet is working. Um, okay, good. But also I'm not I'm not incredible at it. I'm not a groomer. Um, and mm. I did accidentally uh, like sh- close. I used the like the what do you call it? The trimmer. But I accidentally got yeah. too close on like the back of Crumb's hind legs, so he just looks normal uh-huh. and then has kind of like almost bald spots <laughs> on the backs of his legs. <laughs> so, my bad. Did you trim them during lockdown? Like, was that a thing you had to do then as yeah. well? Yeah, I just I started doing it. It's risky. It's risky, but also like Crumb really hates going to the groomer, mm. and I was like, I felt it's. It's a thing I can do. So I was like, I don't actually need to put you through that. If you like every time he comes back, I can see in his eyes that he's like, please don't. Do it. I don't want to do it oh, again. Bless um, and cricket I've never taken, but I have a feeling he there's just like I can't control the environment because you don't get to go mm. in. And like so I've just been like, it's fine. I can just cut their hair. So I've done it a few times now. Um, I'm getting better. But yeah, it's it's such a good skill to develop. I think yeah. a lot of people had to develop it up during COVID. Like, yeah, I remember our neighbors who have two lovely cocker spaniels. Um, they did it, and like they couldn't, the dogs wouldn't let them near their feet. Yeah, so they looked like little Shetland ponies because <laughs> yeah. they were just like trimmed and then had like really hairy feet. I I like so they cute. clearly don't like it when I'm near their feet. But they'll like tolerate it, but they like get impatient. So they're always like the sloppiest mm. part of them. Where it's clear that like I was like, okay, that's fine. You can have one hairy toe. It's fine. <laughs> like, that's fine. That's it's like a hobbit chic. I love it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I gave them a haircut knowing that we were gonna be there because I was like, you. They they had their like winter coats still, and I was like, you're gonna you're gonna overheat if we're there. Um. Mm. But we went down, and what's nice is when we're there, um, there's like a yard and a pool for them. 
which is such a so nice. I really, if if you have dogs with a yard and a, like, don't yeah. take that for granted. It's so nice. Like that's the lie. Just being able to open the door and let them out and not just like actually have to go and and take them is such yeah. a luxury that I was like, wow, I can just let you out and then make coffee. Like yeah. And honestly, do they jump in? Do they are they little swimmer pups or not? They're so not. Much? I let Crumb Cricket had no interest. Cricket was like, no. <laughs> um, but Crumb I did put in to see because he's never been in a pool. And he like he just sure. immediately sat. He sat on the top step and was like, Well, this is nice. That is how I interact with swimming pools as <laughs> yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, I think he was like, I don't need to like swim. I'll just sit here. This yeah. Is, this is nice. Um, and they also both like consistently would just lay by the pool, like little humans. And I was like, how do you know oh, to do that? It's so cute. So sweet. Yeah. Do, you, is it, do you think maybe there's like a breeze, the breeze coming off the water is like Probably. nice for them maybe? And I also think it's like nice to look at, like the, the, yeah. the wind, like moving the water and stuff. Peaceful, so. yeah. soothing to look at. <laughs> yeah. That is so cute and so human. <laughs> yeah. I really, I was like, gosh, now I have to get them a pool. Yeah, you are. You do have to get them a pool. <laughs> I feel like I know a lot of. I've spoken to a couple of people lately who've like moved out of London, and when I've said asked like, "Oh, like how come?" Because you know, like when you're in your twenties, you're always like, "I'm never gonna yeah. leave the city." Yeah. And then inevitably, a lot of people do. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, kind of what what pushed you to it?" And a lot of the answers have been like, "I just wanted to give my cat a better life." Yeah. Like, I just wanted my dog to have a garden. Like, yeah. and I, you know what? I so understand. Yeah, I mean, even in talking about like you know. When Grant and I talk about if we ever want to move from our current apartment, we really like it. Um, And the main thing is just like I would sacrifice some of the perks of this place for a yard, like for them to just be able to like that would be so nice. But yeah, it's a dream. It's fine for now. You know. Yeah. Listen, cost cost of living. Cozy Mm -hmm. lives. The the pets have to part with it as well. Exactly. (laughs) They have the perks of living a city. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> City dogs. Uh, how are things? How are things over there? Yeah, good. Um, my parents were your your side of the pond vaguely uh, oh. last week. They went to. Mm, uh, it was one of the Carolinas, and I always forget which one. I think it's North. I want to say North. Okay. Um, they went to North Carolina because we have cousins over there, and it was one of our cousins. It's my dad's cousin's sixtieth birthday, so they flew out to surprise him, which was really yeah. nice. So me and my sister were tag teaming Simba duties, which was very, very fun. Um, he's just always so happy when people are around. Yeah. He's just so happy. It's so cute. So I hung out with them a lot. And then at the weekend, I went over there with Michael and a friend because my friend has gone through. Uh, she's like on a on a relationship break. Uh, yes. And she was like, I I need simba hugs and i was like got you got you and i feel like this is a this is a recurring thing like whenever i've had friends in the past who've gone through breakups and i've been like i'm just gonna call around and find my nearest dog yeah and i'm gonna bring the dog to you and that's all and it it works it It really really works um and then we also had some discussions about being being women in heterosexual relationships and the dynamic of being a cat woman with like a dog man and that's not to say like men that like dogs that's to say men who are dogs so yeah Yeah. so I mean like cat because me and my sister and my friend we all very much have like cat women energy yeah 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 um 
if we were animals, we'd probably be in that neighborhood, right? Yes. Whereas all of our boyfriends are like big puppies, just big, <laughs> big puppy energy. Yeah. And we really realized this when my sister brought her boyfriend to meet the dog for the first time, her new boyfriend, because he, it was like Simba recognized a kin. Like, wow. It was like Simba was like, oh, you're one of me. <laughs> Uh, because he absolutely has golden retriever energy. Yeah. And Simba was like, another big golden, golden dog. Yeah. Wow. It was so cute. He was all over him, but we just kept, like, we were just like, it's because they're the same. Yes. It's because they have the same bar. Yeah. There yeah. are just certain people that have just, yeah, it, it's not even, I feel like dog energy makes it sound mean almost, but. No, like puppy, like, like puppy, joyful, like, happy yeah, puppy. It's, it's golden retriever energy. energy. Yeah, golden retriever yeah. energy, like just so like kind of and like if you if, if, when we were talking about like Michael and Archie, my sister's boyfriend, we were like, yeah, they kind of you look at them like Archie looks like a golden retriever, Michael looks like an Irish wolfhound. They both got those like limbs and that kind of lolloping joyful vibe. Yes. <laughs> so um it was really wholesome and really cute. And yeah. And Simba's normally like a bit wary of men. So when he does like men, it's um it's it's such a good sign. So shout yeah. shout out Archie. Yeah. <laughs> Great work. Yeah. Um and then Percy's fine. She's um her thing this week has been, you know, she has three cat trees, three cat shelves, our bed, two chairs, and a sofa that she could sleep on. But what she has started doing is pulling down the sheets that we're hanging up to dry and like tucking in and going to sleep in them instead. Like the semi-damp bed sheets mm-hmm. that are drying on the doors. She just pulls them down and 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 I don't know why she does this. I have no idea. Maybe it smells nice. I don't know. But that's what she does. And it it's like what happens is she pulls. It's like she does it as a game or for like attention. So she'll yeah. pull the sheets down and then they'll fall on her and she'll kind of go, oh, this is kind of, it's kind of nice in here. It's kind of cozy. <laughs> it's kind of dark and warm. I love it. <laughs> and then she tucks herself in and goes to sleep. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. All right. <laughs> I don't, you've made yourself like a little dank cave, but. Yeah. And it's annoying because it's like, they're not dry yet. Like, <laughs> dude, stop. <laughs> Um, so oh, yeah, that's her. That's funny. what she's learned to do this week. Yeah, it's um, really cute though. And then also just yeah, perfecting her art of opening drawers and mm. stealing my belongings. Yeah. So I I once again have no hairbands because <laughs> she's just Cats taken just them love all. Them. I don't. Yeah, they she. But it's like now she knows that's where I keep them and has worked out how to get them out. It's so <laughs> annoying. And also, what's weird is like most animals don't really have a sense of object permanence. Right. Like. You'll hide something from view and they'll be like, oh, it, it no Gone. longer exists. Yes. But she's developed the ability to know that even when the hairbands are out of sight, yes. they're in that they're drawer. They're in there. That's so, so annoying. You're going to have to get some sort of like sophisticated lock system. I know. And I've got child locks on all of the doors <laughs> in the house because she can open doors as well. So I've already got child locks on all my doors. Oh, so, so I'm going to have to get child locks on the drawers as well. When we say that these are our kids, we're... so serious like so serious (laughs) (laughs) like when i do eventually have kids everything will be childproofed already because i have yeah you're good to go on that (laughs) that's really funny how does she open the door like 
she reaches up on her hind legs and goes like and like pulls down on the handle. Oh, because it's that kind that have like the because it's, it's like round, a long like handle a long... that you yeah. have to like yeah yeah. So she just like pings it down and you can hear it's so annoying as well because like if and then if if we ever shut the door on her at night, which we just don't do anymore because it's futile yeah. she just pings it down over and over and over again it's such an irritating sound um get a bengal they said they're really smart they said it's hilarious they said yeah. <laughs> it's like god i wanted a pet not a roommate <laughs> yeah truly that's really funny though getting in all your things yeah they're doing all the bad roommate things yeah it's like it's like i live with my younger sister again yeah stealing your things <laughs> like i moved out <laughs> Coming in my room, taking my things. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of taking things, there's no segue into this. There's no. Um, oh no, we were talking about firefighters earlier. That's yes. a good segue. Is because it? Because of because of because of cons- it's kind of a sad segue, but conservation. <laughs> that's what that's where my brain went. I was like forest fires. Let's talk about forest fires. <laughs> Is that sad? That's kind of depressing, no, it's, it's, isn't it? Hey, it works. So, um. oh, also this is this is comfort creatures. This is comfort that? creatures. That's really good. Um, this is comfort creatures. And uh, um. <laughs> May third, which is the day we're recording this, it'll come out tomorrow, um, is International Wild Koala Day, mm-hmm. which we all knew. I'm sure. Of course. It was <laughs> marked in all of year. our calendars. It's like automatically on like iCal for everybody. It pings up. Yes, of sure. course. Yeah, it's it's. And I'm surprised we don't have work off, to be honest. Yeah, it should be an it should be an international holiday bank holiday. Bank holiday. Sure. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so we did some some koala. Ella's got some pretty thorough uh, koala. Thank you research. very much. Um, Thank you. I was got I got really into it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to. It's like a true yeah. rabbit hole. I guess a koala hole. Koala pouch. Mm. Um, they're so cute. They're so cute. And then I found uh, a couple little koala folklore slash myths stories. Um, and we also have a ready pet go from Miriam. Amazing. So that's. Let's start talking about the koalas. Yeah. Um, so do you know what the word arboreal means? Uh, it's tree, tree, tree living right dwelling yeah yeah i learned that word today <laughs> i love it as a word yes it's just a very like nice sounding and looking word yes um arboreal. yeah arboreal so that means lives in trees that's what koalas are i just thought that was a cool word it's really good um so koalas yeah obviously we call them koala bears not bears marsupials <laughs> yes um which we did know, but I think is worth, because obviously we, when we discussed pandas as well, we were like, are they bears? Like, what's the deal with them? Yeah. So a lot of things are being miscategorized as bears. That's it seems, true. Because they're kind of cute and teddy bear looking mm-hmm. uh, when they actually are not in fact bears. So yeah, they're marsupials, which obviously means they have a pouch. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing that I didn't realize about marsupials, but particularly koalas. When they have their young, which are also called joeys, like kangaroos, all marsupial young are called joeys, mm-hmm. um, their young are born underdeveloped. They only, their gestation period is 35 days. Yeah. So like a little bit over a month. Crazy. Yeah. And then the little baby joeys, which literally look like jelly babies. Yes. Do you guys have jelly, do you have jelly babies in the uh, US as well? Like gummy bears? Um, what is a jelly baby? 
a jelly. Look them up. And we'll up. post this on Instagram <laughs> as a reference. But they look like strawberry jelly babies. Google a jelly baby. Jelly they're like baby. They're not like gummy bears because they're a different texture. Oh, they're one of my favorite sweets. They're so nostalgic. Oh, um, we don't have the. I mean, we have. We definitely have similar things. Similar things. Yeah. Um. I'll post a picture for anyone that needs the reference. Yes. But yeah, they um, do look like they, this. Yeah, they look like little strawberry jelly babies. Yes. And they um, are born mm-hmm. and then they crawl, yes. clinging to mama koala bear's <laughs> fur into the pouch. Yes. Which I had, I just thought the pouches were kind of like a useful handbag. Yeah. No, it's like, you know, a, like, a, like a little baby carrier. Yeah. And they are, but it's also, but it's so much more important yes. than just a way of carrying the baby. I know? watched a video of, like, when I was, like, uh, this is an early memory, but I was watching one of those, like, Animal Planet style, like, nature shows. And mm. in it, they showed that process. It was a kangaroo, but they showed the little, like, they, it looks like a kidney bean almost. And yeah. it just climbs up. All they, ha- It's like a little squish with, like, little hooks for hands. And it climbs up the kangaroo's stomach into mm. the pouch on its own yeah. and then finishes it's developing crazy. that yeah i've it's never you'll never forget once you look just, it up for the record it's so wild <laughs> so and weird. i think i knew that they no i did i i just had i was like oh they just they just get carried around in yeah. them when they're small yeah i had no concept of them being these tiny underdeveloped like you shouldn't be out in the world yes. yet looking things yeah and then they get in the pouch yeah. and that's what they finish developing um so so cool um to see what they actually look like. Like, it, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, when they're about five or six months and they're still in their pouches, um, they crawl to the bottom of the pouch and their mother secretes a substance called PAP and they drink it. No. And it helps them be really strong, which is kind of gross, but she I guess it's just like breastfeeding. It? Like, it just yeah, she oozes secretes from her? it. Yeah. Okay. So, like, it's not milk, yeah. it's something else. <laughs> Cool. Okay. And it's okay. it's secreted from the bottom of the pouch. Wow. Ew. I know. Okay. Kind. Of, it is kind of gross. I wonder what it but smells then, like. <laughs> it it just. You know what? It just made me think. And you know, everyone's food preferences are their food preferences. Sure. But I'm allergic to dairy, mm-hmm. and it did make me think. Like, oh, it's kind of weird that we drink that from cows. <laughs> like, that, was I, that was the thought that came to my mind. So I am picturing it, was... and I'm I'm so sorry, but I am picturing it like the, um, uh, when you have like certain dairy-based drinks that like if you leave them for too long, they get that like, like a curd. curd on the top. Yeah, I'm picturing that's how that. I'm imagining it yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like great for little koala Joey. Yes. Kind of unappetizing yeah. at first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, um, and then, yeah, so they they hang about um, inside, like, mama's pouch mm-hmm. until they're seven months old. And then they start to come outside. But they keep going back to the pouch. They kind of wean themselves off their little, out of their little pouch right. um, home. And then eventually they're too big. So they go back in the pouch. And then they will ride on their mum's abdomen or back. And then when they're about a year or two, um, off they go into the wild. And they're pretty um, solitary animals, koalas. So they tend to not really check in with mum again. Um, They just go off on their own and they have to find their own little patch of tree. Because, and this is the thing that's so interesting about koalas and it's just like pertinent all conversations about the environment. Um, But each koala needs a territory of about 100 trees. 
to sustain themselves. Okay. Which is a lot of trees. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like they they eat a lot. Yeah. They eat a lot. They spend about 10% of their day eating <laughs> and 90% of their day asleep. Uh, kind of like sloths. Yeah. And just the dream. Yeah. As we have discussed, these like <laughs> arboreal tree types who just eat and sleep amongst the leaves. It does sound really nice. It sounds so nice. Like I really think they are onto something. Yeah. You know? Um, so I would, I would be on board with being a koala. Yeah. Um, so as I think we, most of us know, they eat in almost entirely eucalyptus. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically all they eat, um, which is poisonous to most animals, which is great for them. Oh, yeah. So they're kind of uncontested in their consumption of eucalyptus. Yeah. Uh, but because their diet is so low, in, is so low in nutrition, they have very slow, sluggish metabolisms. And that is also why they then spend 90% of the day <laughs> sleeping. Um, they also don't need to drink much water because mm-hmm. uh, they get most of the moisture from the leaves, which is useful because they're up in the trees so much. Right. So they don't really have to go down to get water very often. Um, and they can store leaves in their cheek pouches for like a snack later. <laughs> so they're kind of like hamsters. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just I, think, got a, got a I know snack. we were saying like you know we're, we're um miscategorizing them as bears but i think if i saw one i think i would think it was a rodent like a yeah, weird t- yeah fuzzy ro- like big rodent thing for sure i mean marsupials are kind like co- like kangaroos mm-hmm. are kind of big rodenty they kind of are they're just, ro- they're just giant jumping rodents like, yeah they kind of they're like a little bit like weird rats like in a nice way, but it's like they've yeah, got the yeah, long yeah. tail. Yeah. And like totally. kind of similar feet, actually. Huh. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, speaking of koalas, tails oh, and feet. Yes. Um, they don't have tails <laughs> or they have very stumpy tails. Yeah. Um, because they spend so much of their time in trees and they spend so much of their time asleep in trees. Yeah. So they have curved spines, basically oh. no tails. Um, but at their rear end. They're yeah. juicy, juicy butts <laughs> yeah. with a lot of cartilage and thick fur so that they can sleep comfortably in the trees. <laughs> That's same with me. <laughs> Built in seat cushion. Built in seat cushion. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Great minds. Same. I, yeah, I got my, I got my ass nice and juicy so that I can be comfy when I sit. <laughs> I raised her. Um, they have six opposable thumbs. Why? Wait, what? Yeah, so they have two on each um, forehand, on each hand. Okay. Yeah, two on each four. Two on paw. each forehand, okay. And then one on each back paw. How, yeah. How have one, they two, not three, taken four, over yeah. the world? That's so I many know, right? <laughs> so which is why they're such agile climbers. Okay. And then their back claw, they also use for like grooming and scratching and getting the bugs out. Um <laughs> So yeah, they're Whoa. super, super agile. Sorry, I'm looking yeah, at their hands looking at, now. They're looking crazy. at their hands? Yes. Yeah, right. Well, how have I never seen this before? I know, it's not something you think of when you think of koalas, but yeah, two opposable thumbs, six opposable <laughs> thumbs, two on the front. This is crazy. Okay. So they've got five digits, but it's like three and three and then yeah. kind of like they're doing the more like Mindy if, thing. Yeah, it's like if instead you know of an I mean? index finger, you had just another thumb. Yeah, they're doing nano nano. Like Spock. Okay. This is wild. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then 
they are super fluffy and cuddly, but apparently their hair feels more like the wool of a sheep. Mm-hmm. Oh. So if you ever want to cuddle a koala, that's what you're going to be getting yourself in okay. for. I really hope to one day be able to cuddle a koala. I think so. You know? I think that would be really nice. Um, I think it would be great. Um, and then obviously the kind of, there is the sadder stuff. Their numbers are really plummeting. Yeah. Habitat loss. Apparently um, in the early 19th and 20th century, people hunted them for their fur a lot, which oh. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, as we were saying, clearly it's, you know, it's warm and fluffy like sheep. Oh. But unlike sheep, you know, you, you can't just shear them. Oh. So, um, it's, which is really yeah. sad. And then, yeah, habitat loss from land clearing, logging yeah. and bushfires. Ugh. Um, which is just, yeah, really, really sad. So they are a vulnerable species, mm-hmm. um, particularly with Australia's woodlands beginning to shrink. And obviously that Australia is where they are found. Um, and then a fun thing that I, a fun article I found, um, female koalas present um, a statistically higher, a statistically more likely to be gay <laughs> than other animals. Yes, I love this so much like oh fly the <laughs> rainbow flag koalas so apparently female koalas in captivity when they're not necessarily um i suppose there's something about like the the lack of like need for competition um that means that they're not so pressed to reproduce mm-hmm. so um um there were there have been loads of female koalas um that have been reported uh engaging in quote-unquote lesbian sex sessions rejecting male suitors and mating with each other sometimes up to five at a time (laughs) the best thing i've ever heard um so in the wild they tend to remain heterosexual yeah but in captivity, they're like, no, actually, I don't need to reproduce. Yeah. I'm being fed. I'm I'm sleeping comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need no man. So scientists wow. at the University of Queensland studied 130 koalas in captivity um, and found that um, a total of 15 heterosexual, but 43 homosexual Whoa. interactions were recorded in separate animals. And it was way more common amongst the women. Okay, put um, in the queens in Queensland over here. I know, right? I thought it was the best thing. Um, Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, so cool. And then there were all these theories being put forward, like maybe they're doing it to attract males. Definitely a male scientist has suggested that one. Um, Maybe it's hormonal. Maybe it's a stress reliever. Maybe they're just having a nice time. Yeah, maybe. Okay? Maybe they just like each other. Yeah, maybe they uh, have common interests and enjoy each other's company. Exactly. You know, maybe they just enjoy each other's company more. Yes. And the men are a bit much, you know? Yeah, sometimes. The men are just a bit dull sometimes, <laughs> you know? Like, I get it. <laughs> so I, I, that was the best thing ever. That's I'm so, so delighted funny. to read that. I love um, that. And then, so yeah, typically in the wild, um, their kind of mating habits are polygamous. So a woman will have one baby, one joey a year or one joey a breeding season. And a man will, a male koala will sire two roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, but in captivity, when those, when those wow. girlies are safe and cared for, they do what they like. That's incredible. Also, like <sighs> any arguments against like it not being natural. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh my God. Just out the window Come immediately. On. Look at these koalas. Um, Look at the koalas. I mean, we like, we there's so many instances 
of homosexuality in nature. Yes. Um, that people conveniently, by people, I mean homophobes and bigots, yeah. tend to just conveniently forget about. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is maybe my favorite it's one. It's really good. I, think. <laughs> I just love how the ratio is crazy. Like, crazy. <laughs> They like don't like the men. Like, yeah, no. like we don't need to reproduce. We're fine, so we're gonna have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I'll come visit you in your eucalyptus tree, babe. Like, yeah, love so it. Cute. <laughs> um, I did look so, up. Yeah, uh, just because I was curious myself if all marsupials had pouches, and they don't. Um, oh really? Yeah. So mars- it's a marsupials are characterized by premature birth, like we talked about, like the little kidneys, mm. um, and continued development of the newborn while attached to the nipples on the mother's lower belly. While not a universal feature, many marsupials have a pouch. Um, also, and the pouch itself is called a marsupium. Um, oh, yeah, cool. And the I didn't, I don't, I'm sure there are other ones, but the short-tailed opossum has no pouch or fold at all, but teats that can retract into the mother's body retractable nipples yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what i came out i literally typed oh in God. do all marsupials have pouches and that's the answer i got <laughs> so, oh my god marsupials are way more progressive than we gave them credit are, for they're doing they're really they're really out there doing they're it they're doing it <laughs> i was like what i weirdly i was like what does that have to do with my question but thank you i'm so glad that you stumbled across that why don't why don't all of our nipples retract you know that'd be nice. so handy I, yeah i don't need them you know i don't i really don't you know and <laughs> You know, when it's cold and they, they, they chafe, it's uncomfortable. it's uncomfortable. I'd be great if I could just be like, boop, and put them away. <laughs> I'm going to fold these in. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Uh, oh, amazing. Um, Do you have anything else or should I get into these little... No, get holes? get into it. That was that was everything on koalas. Um, oh, well, okay. If you're... If you're interested in scientific names or Latin, which yes. I kind of am, yeah. the scientific name is the, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> Fascolaratin. <laughs> I'm going to do this a couple of times. Fascolarctus cenarius is the scientific name. You got that in the first for try. A koala. Thanks so much. Um, herbivores, obviously. Oh, average lifespan in the wild, 20 yeah. years. 20? 20, yeah. Wow, yeah. great. So they okay. live for a good long time, provided, obviously, things don't interfere with that. Yeah. Like, predators um natural predators are dingoes mm-hmm. um and then other kind of yeah mammals big Classic. big mammals big dog like things yeah. the standard the standard aussie predators basically. yeah <laughs> um and they are they get as big as uh 34 inches and they can weigh up to 20 pounds cute so oh you t- they're you, little yeah you talk they're little but they're still like you, you got enough chunk to cuddle definitely I yeah i just for some reason you i picture them a little bit bigger than that they're they're pretty little mm. okay they're pretty small that's really cute actually mm. um okay so the i looked up some you know folklore mythology things about koalas and a lot of the stories are like kind of bummers i don't know what mm. what's going on really? over there none of like all of them i was like oh god okay i did find okay the one fun thing i found which I'm super into, um, is this other kind of creature called the drop bear. Um, and it's okay. a hoax. It's like a Australian folklore that's kind of designed to like scare tourists. 
Um, and it's like a an evil version of a koala. Um, they're described as like unusually large and vicious marsupials that inhabit treetops and attack un- attack unsuspecting people or other prey that walk beneath them by dropping onto their heads, which is why they're called a drop bear. That's terrifying. I know, and it's not real, but I love like I don't know. I love it, a, a, a tourist. What scare. the idea of an evil koala? No, I just love tourist scares like that. I love those like yeah. just to like keep people away from certain areas they're like oh, you gotta look out for the drop bear over there and like um because apparently like locals find it really funny and they say that um uh the tales are often accompanied by advice from the hearer to adopt various tactics um so it's like to 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 deter drop bear attacks uh you can uh place a fork in your hair having vegemite or toothpaste spread behind your ears or armpits uh, urinating on oneself and only speaking English in an Australian accent. <laughs> so it's just designed to mess Can with Can you imagine like a tourist like <laughs> going into the woodland with a fork in their hair, having just peed on themselves and being like, good eye, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Got my Vegemite sandwich. Like... <laughs> oh, it's, it's so funny. See, it's really oh my God, good. I wonder how many people have fallen for I that. know. I can't imagine that many, but... I still really love it. Apparently, um, Australian Geographic ran an article on its website on April Fool's Day, like purporting that researchers had found drop bears and like, Amazing. you know, just like really fun. So I really liked that. Um, the so I'll, I'll tell one of the the sad stories. Yeah, I just like a little bit. I was like, this. They're also weird. I was like, oh, okay. Like I don't get the A to B, but anyway. This is the most popular one I found, and it's um, the story of Kubor, the koala boy, um, and it's cool. the legends of like the first koala. So there was a young boy named Kubor whose parents died, and he was left with his aunt and uncle, who were very mean. And um, Australia was really dry at the time, and water was hard to come by, and his greedy aunt and uncle wouldn't share their water with him and told him to never drink water when they had collected it from the creek. Um and whenever they left for oh. um, whenever they left for a period of time, they would hide the water vessels so that Cooper would not be able to find them. Um, and eventually, though, uh, they leave, but they forget to hide the water vessels. And uh, as soon as they were out of sight, Cooper excitedly took the opportunity to drink. However, after thinking of what might happen, his aunt and uncle returned. Cooper was afraid. He then took some of the full vessels and hung them above, among the branches of a small tree. After that, he climbed in the tree himself and began to sing an ancient song. To his surprise, the tree began to grow taller and taller until he was high above the forest floor. At dusk, his aunt and uncle returned, tired and thirsty. They immediately looked for their water vessels, but the water vessels were nowhere to be seen. Then they saw Kubor sitting in the tree with the water vessels um, beside him. They spoke gently to Kubor, telling him they were very sorry they had treated him him badly, and they promised him that they would um, come down and bring the water with them, um, and they would be kind to him. Kubar uh, believed them, which was dumb because uh, why? As soon why? as Kubar reached the ground, his aunt and uncle immediately began to hit him with sticks and stones Ugh. to punish him, and they kept doing it until his his body got soft. And then, seemingly mad with anger, they um they kept doing that. And then something strange happened. Kubar's body began to change. He became shorter, stockier, and covered with soft fur, and he became a koala. He ran up the tree again, much quicker, as he now had sharp claws far out of his um, tormentor's reach. And they uh, 
His aunt and uncle began to chop the tree down, hacking away until it crashed to the ground, spilling the water's vessels as they did so. The water poured down, flooding across the forest floor as a mighty creek. Um, and I think it drowns the aunt and uncle. But then, Good. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then uh, the koala boy, Kubor, jumps and disappears into the night. So, oh. it, like, and apparently it makes it, so I guess um, Aborigines are forbidden to break the koala's bones if they kill them. Like, they would hunt them, mm. but they were really respectful of them. I think based on this story, it was like, no, no, you have to treat them really nicely if you if you must kill one, which mm. is nice. But I was just like, reading that story, I was like, what? why do they, they're just mean, and then they hit him, they're and then so, he turns into a koala? Like, At least they drown in the creek, I guess. Yes. Yeah, that was like the nicer of them. There's some, all of them were it's, weird. Really, were they all, were a lot of the stories about, like, people becoming koalas? Or no. is, there, is there a pattern of, like, koalas coming from, like, a, a, abuse and oppression? There is a pattern of, like, koalas, like, uh, the way they are being, because they were being punished for something. Like, oh. there's this story, there's another one about, like, how there was a, a koala that kept trying to be friends with a, um, a bunny ip which is another creature I learned about. And it's it's like, let me look it up again. But it's like a, is it a real? No. It's like it's oh. a it's a monster, but it's like a man-eating monster that I think sure. looks like a big frog. Like it's a swampy, sure. it's like a swamp creature called a bunny Amazing. Yip. And I guess there's a story about a koala becoming friends with a bunny yip, and all the other koalas are like, don't be friends with the bunny yip, it's dangerous. And the koala keeps hanging out with it, and then she starts being too rebellious. And um, eventually, they like uh, they they make it. They they kind of do like a curse so that her child, when it's born, is on her back there day and night, so that she can't freely come and go from her like be friends with the bunny up anymore because she has to take care of the baby. And that's why like koalas live with their babies for so long. Oh my god! But I was just like, why is she? Why can't she be friends with the bunny up? Did the bunny up do anything? I mean, it was eating people, I guess. But oh, okay. Come on. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta have friends in low places. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, people eat things, people so you eat, know. Yeah. Um, those are the main ones I found, though. They were. Oh, is yeah. That's sad that there's a lot of like, you know punishing in the history yeah. of Koala when they're such when they're such sweet sleepy dudes. I know. I was like, well, you looked at this and you were like, must have been a must have been punished. <laughs> it's like, yeah. What? He's just in the tree. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's to do with how mm. like isolated they are. People assume that they're like fleeing from oh, something. Yeah, maybe. Because they're so I because they're on their own up in the tree, surrounded by lots of trees. You yeah. Know? Maybe. maybe that's why. That's so interesting. Yeah. Still interesting. Quality. So interesting. Cool. Well Happy, happy International Koala Day. Alexis. Thank you so much. Finally saying it. <laughs> the following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is. Great 
<laughs> the Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Cow. The queen is dead. Long live the queen. And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Uplin. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for tights and fights. Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. No ring the bell. Hey, when you listen to podcasts, it really just comes down to whether or not you like the sound of everyone's voices. My voice is one of the sounds you'll hear on the podcast Dr. Game Show. And this is the voice of co-host and fearless leader, Joe Firestone. This is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners, and we play them with callers over Zoom we've never spoken to in our lives. So that is basically the concept of the show. Pretty chill. So take it or leave it, bucko. And here's what some of the listeners have to say. It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile. I just started listening and I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish I'd discovered it sooner. You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org. All right, we have a Ready, Pet, Go from Miriam. Um, and I want to say that this, the title of this Ready, Pet, Go was Ready, Pet, Go, colon, Self-scooping litter trays. <laughs> so, okay, here we go. Excellent. Ready, pet, go. Hi, Ella and Alexis. My name is Miriam. I live in upstate New York with Joan, my wife, and our two cats. Stasha, a gray, long-haired ancient goddess. She was a rescue, so we're not totally sure what breed she is. And Nutty, a tiger-striped tabby. <laughs> of course, I've attached some of my favorite photos. On your most recent episode, you asked about self-cleaning litter trays. We don't have a self-cleaning one, but it is self-scooping. We bought two as a wedding present what? to ourselves, and they've been okay. Obviously, the major plus is not having to scoop their poop every day. The downside is you have to clean the entire tray more frequently than a traditional litter box. The waste gets collected to one small section, and it gets full pretty quickly, and it's awfully gross to empty out. In summary, <laughs> yeah. in summary, self-scooping litter trays are great in theory, but not in practice. If you're already accustomed to daily scooping, it's much less disgusting process than weekly cleaning, in our opinion. I absolutely love comfort creatures, which I discovered via which please. I always enjoy our, your cozy conversations and love hearing all the different and wonderful names of for pets. Thank you for your fun and wholesome podcast. Cheers, Miriam. Thank you, Miriam. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. I mean, yes, friends of the pod, which please. We went on their pod. They went on ours. They're so, so great. great. You discovered us by them. I love them so much. Yeah. Um, I... I, I can so see what you mean mm-hmm. about having to so, like a daily scoop is one thing, but having to do like all, all of the things yes. that have been left in one go. In one, it's got to be very fragrant. Is my yeah, guess. that is not a pleasant image or thought. So I get you. What I do like, mm-hmm. though, mm-hmm. as a recently engaged person, yeah. pet stuff as wedding presents. Yeah. That I'm on board with. <laughs> yeah. I am someone because actually we've been discussing this because we've been saying like you know me me and Michael live together we've lived together for a few years so when we do get married we're not going to need anything yes. you know we're going to need any you know people buy like plates and stuff yeah. so we have all that, we have that. Yeah. but we I always want more pet tech yes so and especially like that. that's what I'm going to register for I'm going to register at pets at home yes because also like <laughs> there are things that I keep wanting but like they're just like they're things that I already have but they're just a cooler version. Like totally, I found a, a a cat scratch post that looks like a strawberry. You know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah, I want that oh, one. Yeah. I didn't know that was an option, and yeah, way sure. too expensive, but I want it still. Yeah, or stuff like we have 
shelves that are just that were our floating bookshelves yes. that the she just Percy commandeered. Yeah. So we just like took the books off them <laughs> and like let her have them. Yeah. But then, you know, you go on Etsy and you see these beautiful, like bespoke cat shells yes. in like fun shapes. Yeah. That are very like aesthetic. Yes. And they're all, you know, hundreds of pounds. Yes. And I'm like, mm, I would get that as a wedding <laughs> present, please. <laughs> so thank you for that amazing idea. Yeah, that's great. Um, and if you have a ready pet go, you can email it to us at comfortcreatures at maximumfun.org. You can write it out like this and we can read it or you can record it yourself um, using like voice memos on your phone um, and please send us photos we love to see them yes we really do um, join us on discord it's been really fun a lot of it's good such stuff a good lately time. and what else Instagram I just really enjoy the, the frequent pet pictures like everyone mm-hmm. sends everyone who says and I don't always reply because I'm writing a book <laughs> but I am seeing them all yeah. everybody and I am and they are getting me through deadline hell yes. so I'm really grateful for the constant pet pictures so thank you so much yes those. yes it's like yeah even if I don't respond I see everything like I'm always yeah. on there yeah yeah um it's really fun yeah um and then obviously Instagram Twitter we're mm. we're over there um oh um if you have books that you would like us to drunkenly rant about yes send them in because that drunk book grant is incoming for members soon. Yes. Um, so if there are any particular books that you would like to hear us shout about, yeah. <laughs> express our opinions loudly and yes. slurrily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we finally, I think we have a date. So I, th- I think we'll record that early June. I think we said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which seems far away, said. but because we had to it coordinate is. us being able to both drink, that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the time at which, like, because it's either really late for me or really early for you. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to be day drinking and that's that's fine. Um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, that's all. That is everything. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you next week. I've been Alexis B. Preston. I've been Ella McLeod. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported